HCIC Next is a podcast focusing on how digital leaders are reshaping marketing and the healthcare industry. This podcast series shares information about the innovations that are happening today in digital marketing and helps you understand how to apply what has worked in other healthcare systems across the country to your very own organization. This episode you're about to hear was originally captured at the 2019 Healthcare Internet Conference in Orlando, Florida. This particular session is actually a panel discussion around taxonomy titled Tips to Help Optimize Your Digital User Experience. On the panel, Neil Lincoln from CHW, Jackie Martin from Branch Strategies, Mike Walsh from Nationwide Children's, Aaron Watkins from John Hopkins Medicine, and the panel is facilitated by Rachel Montano from the Purple Wave Group. Let's give it a listen. Well, we're glad you're all hanging in here, a nice group for taxonomy. We have a great panel for you today with lots of experience and lots of great ideas and tips to help you. I'm Joanne Udis from Greystone. We continue to ask you and um, thank you for your support of the conference. Today on the panel, um, our facilitator is Rochelle Montano, and she's the president of Purple Wave Group. Uh, Rochelle has uh, been working with hundreds of uh, healthcare organizations and systems over the last two decades. Um, engaging digital consumers. She's also led professional consulting teams for both Staywell Communications and Greystone. So she will be introducing our panel members. Michelle? Thanks, Joanne. And like I said, I'm so impressed to see a full room and also to have um, everybody here on the last day. Taxonomy is something that I've been thinking about for at least the last 10 plus years done a lot of my work um, in trying to help hospitals figure out how to get the right content to the right person at the right time. And really, a lot of it boils down to making sure that your messages are connected and tagged with the appropriate taxonomies. So I knew, though, that if I tried to put together a presentation to talk about taxonomy, I would probably be talking to an empty room because probably it's not something, even though I'm passionate about it, many people are. <laughs> it's so important, but they're not as quite as passionate as me. So I was really excited to reach out to some of people, some of my uh, former colleagues and clients to say, hey, you guys, let's talk about taxonomy because it's so important. And they all graciously agreed. And so I ended up with a really fabulous panel that I'm so excited um, to be sharing, have them to be able to share with you today. So we have Jackie Martin, who's the principal of, of Branch Strategy, and she's worked with some really large HCA and other uh, large organizations to think about taxonomy. She's a really um, well-knowledgeable, smart person who's going to talk about um, really the basics of, ta of taxonomy. And then we have Michael Walsh, who's the digital project strategist of the interactive team at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And um, I'm thrilled for, to have his expertise on the panel as well, because he's going to talk about how to get started with taxonomy. So many of you in the room may be trying to just figure out what is taxonomy or understand that you need it, but you really haven't focused on it. So he's going to, his portion of the presentation is going to focus on talking about how to get started and what does it take to, to do that. 
And then we have Aaron Watkins, who is with Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins Medicine, excuse me. (laughs) Um, And Aaron and I have been talking about taxonomy for probably the last 10 years. (laughs) And so Johns Hopkins has a rich, deep experience in using taxonomy to help bringing the messages, the right messages to the audience that they're trying to serve and also pull together all of the disparate organization that Johns Hopkins and complex organization that Johns Hopkins is. So he's going to talk about that, which is another great uh, perspective, I think, from the taxonomy world. And then we're so blessed to have Neil Lincoln <laughs> come out of retirement and share <laughs> his, you know, I, I don't know if it were me, I'd be drinking Mai Tais by the pool already, but Neil, <laughs> Neil's a better person than me, and he's agreed to still come and talk about um, governance and the governance challenges with taxonomy. And so that also, interestingly, yesterday I did a um, networking roundtable talking about taxonomy. And um, first of all, I was impressed because I've done that networking table about taxonomy a few years now. And... Many times it's kind of like the last table that gets filled and people come and they're like, yeah, we'll we'll talk about taxonomy. But this year, interestingly, the table was pretty full of people that really wanted to talk about taxonomy. So for me, I'm excited because I think it's becoming more and more relevant and more and more important and people are understanding the value of it more. But I will say most of the topics of conversation and the question at our table was around governance and how are we going to tame this beast and what are we going to do you know, now we've, we're, we're figuring out taxonomy. We're getting it. We know we need to optimize it. But how do we now govern it? And so Neil's going to talk about some of the challenges around that. So I actually ended up talking through my few slides, I think. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to the two, to who you really came to hear, my panel. So Jackie. So much. Um, So I thought we could start with just a quick definition about what a taxonomy is. Um, I think sometimes people come in with ideas of what they think it is um, that tend to be maybe a little bit too, we make it a little bit too complicated. And a taxonomy, all it is is just the organization of information. I I kind of uh, think about it as, remember in seventh grade when you had to do your first multi-page you know paper, and you had to put together that required table of contents. And that's really what the taxonomy is, is it's forcing you as an organization to organize your stuff in a way that is easy to find. You want to create a table of contents that you can go in and understand how things are ordered, um, where everything has a definition of what it is. And I want to inspire you um, this morning to to want to take on take on taxonomy and not to be not to be scared by it. All right. So, why should you care about taxonomy? Why are you here today? And it's because we make it really hard for our patients to find care, and so we put them in a position where we're asking them to digest um, what our organization does and the services that we offer and the doctors that we employ. And we we put that burden onto a patient to figure out. And so a taxonomy, uh, the the beautiful thing about it is that it it really does um, help our patients find what they're looking for much, much easier. And um, as as marketers, we typically look at a, a journey, a patient journey, very linear. 
because we, we have our things that we do and we need to execute. But this is not real life. So as an example, um, oncology patient, patient journey, I may come in to your hospital under the receiving care section. I may be looking for a second opinion or I may be interested in um, a, a different treatment plan. So I may come in here. I may move to a new city and need to go find a new, a do, a new doctor to um, you know, manage my breast cancer remission. Um, I may come in and the investigation and I may go through multiple different physicians. And so it, it's actually a lot more complex than what we, we try to make it simple for us to be able to digest. And so this very linear process, although helpful for us, um, also can hinder us where this is just not real life. And so um, we also in healthcare tend to think our, of ourselves dif different. We're like, oh, well, we're healthcare. You know, we don't have to, um, to necessarily do all the things that um, other, other consumer brands have to do. And in reality, that's just not true. And I love always looking at Walmart. 91% um, of us shopped at Walmart last year, uh, either online or in store. And so it's a really great consumer brand to look at. And when I go to Walmart, I can pull up on my phone right here and I can know what Walmart store in this area has Dove shampoo and the scent that I like. I know the aisle, I know the bin, and I know the quantity. And so that is how my shopping experience currently is for a $2, $2 bottle of shampoo. So what are we doing um, for that patient that is looking for cancer care? Um, are we treating that patient at that same level um, that we are treating that bottle of shampoo? And I would argue that healthcare is not. And so we do need to do better. Um, we do need to do a lot better in how we care for our patients. The other great thing, and the problem with taxonomy is that it is not easy, but it's also not difficult. And, and I love that we can unify our organization with taxonomy. So if we're gonna argue that we're patient first, taxonomy is a really great way, it's a great strategy for us in order to start to make that happen. Because we start to create this heartbeat in our organization where we go and we start presenting to maybe another part of the organization that's very siloed. And they're like, yeah, but we're, you know, we got these data issues. And it's like, no, but do you care about the patient? Do you? Then come on board, because we do too. And taxonomy is such a really great way to unify um, you know, those different silos in your organization that make it really tough um, sometimes to make lasting change. So when we, when we start to look at these problems, I think most hospitals uh, tend to want to solve this through technology. And so what we do is we tend to uh, want to go fix our, our, our issues and we want to add on more technology, but this tends to build technical debt. Now I come from a more of a technical background and if you don't know what tech debt is, it's essentially all the things that you had to ignore to get your thing alive. And so that tends to just grow. The more and more and more things we add on, we just keep building as an organization technical debt, and that cleanup is very, very difficult um, you know, to fix the longer that we go. Um, it also creates data that isn't unified. Uh, we, I mean, how many reports right, do we look at, and the numbers don't match, and then we're trying to reconcile <coughs> these things with our different vendor partners? And so um, adding technology is not really that great of a solution. We put that burden on our patient. And so this is a real redesign <coughs> that I, a client went through um, that uh, they spent a lot of money on. And I love typing an, EN, uh, an ENT into your search box. 
if I'm evaluating your website, this is one of the very first things I'm gonna do um, because it shows me how good your data is and how clean it is. So if patient types an ENT, you know, $5 million platform, redesign later, they get a urologist. And it's like, what the heck did we just pay for? So don't look at this as a redesign. You don't need a redesign. You need to fix your data. So let's kind of talk about what that looks like. Um, this is, I want you to walk away feeling inspired as to what your taxonomy can do for your organization. And so there's really four key areas to think about. First is services. What do you sell? What do you provide? The next is the locations, which is where does, where do I go to receive that service? The third is the doctors who are going to provide that service. And then search reveals your taxonomy to your end user. So um, think about these kind of four, th four key things. So services, um, if you're, I don't know about you guys, I have two kids. So they come home and they're like, you know, it's eight o'clock at night and you got to dress up like 50s day tomorrow or something. And you're thinking, oh my gosh. So you go to Target or Walmart.com, you sort and filter to find a medium black shirt. If you do not see that on their website, what do you assume? That they don't sell it. And so a services is this very simple idea that if your hospital provides a service, it needs to exist on your website. And sometimes we're really bad at this. So think about like scoliosis. Does your hospital provide scoliosis services? Yes or no? Well, if you do, is that represented on your website? So you want to start off in your taxonomy with just the basics of like, what do we provide our patients and list it out and make it, it needs to be what you actually provide. Because if you don't have it on your website, in the mind of today's consumer, you don't do it. So we, we have to start thinking about um, what that looks like from a consumer that's coming in from the outside. And then we have locations. I think this is the place most hospitals get wrong, and it's kind of the second part of your website I go to after site search to evaluate where you are from a data perspective. Um, a location is not a hospital, rehabilitation center, physician's office, etc. That is not how patients see a location. A location is the physical place I go to receive care. And that might be the um, pediatric endocrinology office on the second floor of the professional services building. And so if you dump a patient in real life in front of you and they're like, where do I go to receive care? And you say, the hospital. Nobody would ever talk like that. You would give them that level of detail to say, pediatric, you know, it, it, you would give them this level of detail to say it is on the second floor of that professional services building. So your taxonomy, when it starts to come to life, we can actually tie that service, that very particular service, to the physical location a patient goes to receive care. And that level of granularity, if you think about it, um, is the way that you get people to physically show up to their appointment, therefore your hospital makes money. So locations data is such a critical component of your website and can really make your taxonomy come to life. And then we, of course, have doctors. So if I'm concerned about my knee pain, I may not know it's an orthopedic surgeon that provides that for me. But what happens with a taxonomy is that I can come into your website in any of th these three areas, and I can say, I'm looking for knee pain, and I can go into services, and I'm exposed right, to your locations that provide that service and your doctors that provide that service. Or I can come directly into your find a doctor solution and say, 
you know, this is, um, uh, uh, I'm looking for a doctor that treats knee pain, and now all of a sudden I see the doctors also that provide that service. So a taxonomy creates that unification of all the different areas of your website and makes it a lot easier for a patient to find what they're looking for. And then, of course, the last one. If you do a taxonomy correctly, you never have to worry about site search again. I mean, not really, but, but you do. You, it, it's kind of built for you. Because um, all, again, site search is doing is once you connect these three key areas, all you're doing is revealing it. You're revealing your taxonomy to the patient, and you're allowing them to, to, to search it. So I, I, only, I only had 10 minutes, so I like completely rushed through this, but... I want you to see that at the end of the day, as we start talking about governance and taxonomy and all these great things, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about making it easy for your patient to find what they are looking for. And that really should be our focus as marketers. It's like, can we get that information, as Rochelle said, to the right person at the right time in the right way in words that they understand? And so a taxonomy allows us to do that. Hi everyone, I'm Mike Walsh. Um, I'm with Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And we recently went through a CMS replatforming and redesign. And because of that, we started completely from scratch with our taxonomy. So I'll walk you through that little project. <laughs> to set the stage, we were moving from a CMS that was kind of a locally grown 15-year-old platform so to kind of put that in perspective, that's before Facebook and YouTube. It was duct tape and paper clips for sure. Then we moved to Sitecore. So we really went from like the tricycle to the Ferrari. Um, so we were in the process of making this huge move. Um, we had all of these outside kind of portals for our content because our old CMS just couldn't handle it. So we had stuff on WordPress. We had a patient stories, user-generated content um, platform. We had blogs that were in WordPress. We had our digital asset management. Um, and they were all kind of these little kingdoms that were all built differently because at the time that we built them, we needed them to be in something that was somewhat modern. So as we moved to Sitecore, we are trying to wrap our arms around all of that stuff as well. And everything we did was manual, everything. So with this new platform, we were like, hey, cool. Maybe we can make this content work for itself and dynamically kind of populate so we don't have to keep track of what 15 pages have the same piece of content on them. Or, oh, hey, yeah, we do have a blog about that. We were trying to make it lift instead of us doing it ourselves. So these were some of the things that we were thinking about as we kind of started this project. So the things we had to consider, do we salvage our legacy taxonomy in our old CMS? We had a taxonomy, kind of. We had the ability to tag content, but it was 15 years worth of craziness and tags. And there was real no rhyme or reason to it. And frankly, the only reason we tagged anything is because our CMS said it was a required field. <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't publish without it. 
So it was bonkers. If we, so that's all to say we did not salvage our legacy taxonomy. So then we said, do we use something that's already existing or do we do a DIY? We looked into Mesh. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Mesh or SNOMED or ICD-10. I had a crazy idea to say, well, I wonder how Amazon does it. And then I was bleeding from the ear. <laughs> we, we're a pediatric hospital. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Mesh or SNOMED or ICD-10. The issue was that we had such a small, those are such broad taxonomies, that there was so much of it that works in the adult space, it just doesn't make sense for us. So to pare that down would be a bigger lift than for us to just build it ourselves. So you might come out today and go back to your office and look up Mesh or SNOMED and say like, done, we found it, we're good, implement that. That didn't work for us. We also had to find that balance between complexity and usability. We wanted to be able to do all this stuff, but if it's this massive taxonomy, everyone's going to go cross-eyed when they look at it, no one's going to want to use it, and it's not going to do us any good. So the, there's kind of finding that balance of like, it's got to check all the boxes, but it can't be so daunting for our, all of our users to actually use it. And what do we want it to do? Everyone has these huge ideas of what the taxonomy is going to do. It's going to revolutionize our website. If you try and eat the apple in one bite, you're going to choke on it. So we decided we're going to start small, just get something out there, and then once we get our feet under us, we can always scale later. So we built our own taxonomy. We decided to start with the pieces and parts that made the most sense for our patients, and then we'll tackle the other stuff later. And full disclosure, this is still a work in progress. Um, taxonomy is never done. So we started with our conditions, our specialties, and our providers. Because basically what we're just trying to do is say, a parent might be searching for their child's diagnosis. They want to know what specialty treats it and which doctors are in that specialty. We'll worry about research and your visit and the resources and giving and about us and blah, 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 blah. We'll get there. Right now, what do I have? Who treats it? How? That's what we were most worried about. We wanted to worry about what content do we currently have and what content could we potentially have, especially with conditions. And what that means is we have all of our condition pages, you know, what's diabetes, what's epilepsy, stuff like that. We have this patient portal. So we were going to drive our list of conditions um, that didn't necessarily mean that we had a page on some super niche condition. But if a family wanted to tell their stories for the super niche con condition, we needed to give them that option. So we, we kind of took our existing content. We took content that we um, have in our health library from um, Stay Well, and we kind of merged them together. And then we sort of had this other list of like, oh, well, hey, we treat this thing out here and this out here. So we kind of fill in the gaps. And then specialties and providers were more of a one-to-one. -one. What specialties do we have? Which providers do we have? Where could you go wrong? And where did we go wrong, quite frankly? Um, your taxonomy could be too granular. So you try and think of every little 
deep, dark corner and then make a tag for it. But if everything is its own tag, then nothing matches, and then there's no reason to tag it in the first place. So you kind of have to find that level of like, what can be broad enough that it touches all your content, but you don't have to get into the single gene that's wrong and have a tag for that, right? So you have to try and find that balance of what covers everything without it being it's without it being so granular that it's not useful. Don't try to solve for every possible scenario. So kind of the 80-20 rule, we started having conversations of, well, we might be able to do blah, 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 blah in five years. We should make a tag for that. Worry about that in five years. Worry about where you are today. And then five years from now, if you need to expand your taxonomy, rock and roll. Don't worry about it today or you'll never get out of the starting date which is the analysis paralysis. You can always say, is it perfect? Did we get here? Did we do this? Did we do that? What about this? Blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, it's five years and you still don't have anything tagged. You're never done. It's just like your content. There's never gonna be a day where you're like, we did it, guys. We finished our content. You're never gonna finish your taxonomy. Just go. And like, there's planning involved, but take the plunge. If the worst thing that happens is you realize you did something wrong, you can fix it. That's why we're in digital. You can fix it. So, what did we do? We played around, we iterated, we still overshot, we're still trimming it back. Part of how we figured that out is we did a gut check. We took a step back, we partnered with Rochelle and Purple Wave, and we said, hey, here's what we got. We think we're in the ballpark, are we nuts? And she was like, no, <laughs> but you can maybe do some of these things here. So like you get so close to it that sometimes you just need to take a step back and have someone else look at it and say, yeah, no, maybe. So partnering with someone else was just a great way for us to get a little validation. Like maybe we do know what we're doing. And that being said, we still take a step back. So my team and I every now and then will start tagging some content we'll see sort of how it's shaking out on the site, and we'll take a step back and we're like, are these relationships working? Is this, like, do we need another category? Do we really need this category that no one's using? So it's kind of good to take that step back, look at it holistically and say like, all right, where are we? And then what's next for us? Um, we're always fine tuning. We're looking at those relationships and we're like, well, yeah, that's GI content, and that's GI content, but whoever's reading this one, they don't want to read that one, or vice versa, right? Like, so sometimes there's really loose relationships, so you tighten it up. Or sometimes it's so specific that you're like, all right, let's, we've got other content that we can broaden up. So we're always kind of fine-tuning and playing. We're gonna kind of, we're having conversations about governance, so I'm gonna be taking vigorous notes when Neil talks. Um, because we have to figure out how to keep this thing current and useful so that in 15 years, we're not where we were, where it was just like, and there's just stuff everywhere. Um, and we're upgrading our templates already to tweak for more dynamic content, because at the time, we didn't know what we didn't know. We were just kind of like, okay, we can like do some related content, we can help with search. But now we're like, and with the help of Rochelle, we're like, oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do that. So. We're now working with some partners to develop our templates a little bit differently so that we're doing less manual work than we're doing today, which is less than we were doing before. So sometimes there is a, um, 
the more that you work with it, the more you learn, and then the more you learn, the more you're like, oh, and it can also do this. And sometimes that means that you have to go to your developers or to an outside vendor and say, hey, we want to do this. How do you make that work in our CMS? Um, but when you look at the lift that it does for your team, especially when you're a small team, make your CMS work for you. Don't make it harder on yourselves. So we're still learning and looking at like, hey, we thought we had a good idea. Now there's even more stuff that we can do. So it's just going to keep rolling and rolling and getting better. Um, so again, it's never done. You're always going to be tweaking. But don't be afraid just to start and learn and tweak it and go from there. And now I'm going to pass it off to Aaron. All right, so, so I work at Hopkins Medicine, and we have all of the problems that everyone in this room has. Um, when I got to Hopkins Medicine, um, what we encountered was everyone building their own websites, and we were really taxed with bringing them onto one platform. Um, we're standards driven at the same time. Uh, it's an organization driven by consensus. And so the process of bringing all these service lines and groups onto the platform has been fraught with compromise, right? And so as we've worked through the strategy of doing that, and we began it 10, 10 years ago, we really had this kind of guiding principle that we connect the people of the world with the people of Johns Hopkins Medicine, and we started to talk about what's the key kind of content that we can connect to people with. And of course, that led to us making a lot of our strategy focus on SEO and what kind of content are people looking for. At that time, it's really specialty disease condition information as well as medical professional names. And we wanted them to come into areas of the website that we were building that our team had the most kind of centralized control on. So we were licensing and developing centralized health content in an area. We're actually, we're also taking control of physician profiles very slowly, kind of pulling it from our physician's hands and putting it in a centralized directory. And so that led us down this original kind of plan for our taxonomy. Um, we know that we want to gather these core types of information at the time. Um, and to do that, we built the physician profiles and we really just let it, we created open fields. Any physicians that we were working with to, to add their content, we let them indicate what, uh, whatever their interests were. Um, their specialty disease and condition information. And then as we introduced health content, we looked at the titles of pages at that time and the sub subheads primarily and said, how can we structure these in a way that they're gonna perform in search and that they have the really consumer friendly terms. And our initial strategy was really just to line those two things up, right? The idea was that our physicians know their specialties, it's not quite scientific language, but it's not consumer-friendly language. So they're helping us to introduce that. Our licensed content and the content we're developing is bringing the consumer words in, and we're marrying that up in a taxonomy. As we did that, and I think things that also become very relevant to our strategy today, I mean, we viewed 
you know, we needed to connect to all these service line and hospital websites that we were putting on our platform and giving a common look and feel, but we weren't structuring. And some of these, you know, our neuro site is like 1200 pages or something. Yeah, they're massive. And so we were looking at that and we built just a list that we called our org entity list. And it was basically flat. And it was a way that we could list any kind of center, any kind of hospital, any kind of service line, whatever it was in one flat list. And also then give our physicians the ability to indicate that they were a part of that group. Um, often we had to do that for them, but theoretically they could also do it. Um, those lists kind of worked in conjunction to create what was the spine of our website. It was a way for us to perform really well in search, to bring people into either health pages or physician pages and have pathways between those health topics and pathways to say a service line site where there might be more information in an ungoverned way that was about the way that those physicians treat the patients. Um, we also worked on research lab profiles. Essentially, we created brief uh, profiles of these labs. Again, we introduced more scientific terms there. And we've had different periods over the years of how much we've incorporated that into the taxonomy versus let it kind of just coexist on its own. It's performed really well in search for us, but right now we actually don't have it as part of the major taxonomy. Um, and it's a pretty high level application of taxonomy. If you're in our health section, right, you've got the, the um, health article uh, title, and then you've got the specializations sitting here. Um, in the early years of our strategy, you know, 10 years ago, so, so for the first three or four years, we were putting a lot of energy and effort into improving that taxonomy, um, aligning it you know, with, with the goals as much as we could, um, and keeping these lists from getting too broad. At the same time, we also went through all the kind of waves that organizations do. I mean, one, we were working on a really dated CMS system. It didn't really support our long-term vision. So we were kind of banding it and making it work as we could. We also had, you know, the staff turnover, the ability to bring in um, support people like Rochelle, right, to work with us on the taxonomy. We had those kind of factors that we then went into a period, maybe the next five to eight years, we weren't giving the taxonomy as much attention. Our success, though, was that about 10% of the pages on hopkinsmedicine.org, it's a 28,000 page site, 10% of those pages were drawing 50% of our visits, and we were able to kind of control that experience within a, that small subset of pages and provide the best information that we could to visitors. So those are the strengths. It's consumer-friendly terminology, really effective search engine optimization for us. Honestly, we outperformed and always have outperformed our expectations. Um, and then the clear pathways between the content. So where we are today, um, we finally kind of moved that centralized health content into a modern CMS. And that's led us to a process of revisiting this taxonomy. Um, we've actually really expanded the number of consumer-friendly words as we've done that. Um, and in fact, what it's kind of revealed once we've launched is that we have a little, we have a lot of work to do actually in kind of paring them down and making those, those taxons more valuable to people. 
part of doing that, I'm looking at the bullets that I wrote, <laughs> um, which I wrote to turn in my slides, right? <laughs> so, so I'm looking at the bullet. Like one of the challenges you find is it's not about the technology. It's not just about the taxonomy. It's really about the process in-house. So we have a really sophisticated content team. We actually have two people who are really sophisticated in-house and working with the taxonomy. But how do we manage that from a kind of workflow standpoint and making sure we're making all the changes that we need to? Um, an example, we launched a proton therapy uh, practice um, in the DC region recently. It's our first proton therapy initiative. We introduced that to the health library. Um, we upgraded the taxonomy, but then there's that organity list out there. That's where you could link from the physicians out, right, to the proton therapy center. Not all of them had that added. And additionally, not all the physicians had that specialty added. And so we're learning now as we've launched this new, this new um, consumer portal that we need to revisit our kind of workflow and to make sure in those situations we're really doing that kind of work. Um, and it is, it's, that, it's that partnership between what are, what are the content people, what are the people doing, what's your workflow, right? And what is the technology and what is your tool set, in this case the taxonomy, to do that. Um, we're also looking then um, at bigger picture organizational problems. The basic framework that we've had has worked really well for SEO. Um, I don't think it works well for some of the things that they've talked about in terms of helping people really find the right physician. We have some disconnects between um, our uh, specialty disease condition list that the physicians have worked with us on and the actual types of patients they see and treat, right? And that really affects our call center and our appointment making to have those two separate taxonomies where they're operating with one, we're operating with another. And so we're looking and really trying to attack this as part of a digital transformation strategy that again, isn't just about technology. It's about what, what data does Epic have? What data do we have? What data does our call center have? And how can we align this in a way that the workflows make sense and the management makes sense and it's efficient, more efficient management than we have today? And so I kind of listed that as a central data repository. That's kind of a pie in the sky. The reality, it's the complex, it's the complex you know, conversations and planning that you really need to have to execute a, to, a true digital transformation plan in your organization. Um, we also are then looking, you think back on that initial strategy um, where we brought all these websites on and we kind of let them be what they were. Um, over the years, we have gotten better about outlining the strategy for what those sites can be. But in moving to this new CMS, we have a mandate. There's no way we're moving 28,000 pages into a new CMS, right? So we are working actively and have a mandate to reduce the site size by at least one third, um, if not one half. Um, the reality of doing that is pretty, you know, roll up your sleeves ugly. So, um, but the technology and the workflows and the efficiency are what's going to make that possible. Um, so you look at this taxonomy and this is um, what it really introduces as a key element is the locations. We know that our org entity approach 
doesn't look as locations as a place where a patient goes, right? Um, we also know that our SDCs don't align with the call centers and the places they're trying to get those patients to go. So that is a major effort that we're taking in upgrading our taxonomy. And then we're also looking about a year or two out to reintroduce research labs into that and to introduce a stronger research component into our content um, so that we, we can reflect our scientific mission in advancing medicine as a whole, which is truly the, the ultimate mission of, of Johns Hopkins. So I'll hand off to Neil. All right, thanks, good morning. Um, you just heard a couple of stories of taxonomy success. I'm gonna share one of abject failure. Um, and, and out of it, hopefully, we'll learn something because I think the key isn't just that we failed with our first effort at taxonomy that started about six years ago, but why? And what we've done to try to make it a little bit better. Um, because as you've seen there, you can start simple, but this can get fairly complex. So you know, I say the end game, I'm the anchor leg, right? So we talk about how we implemented some of the stuff. The first three, you can kind of cobble together from what you heard from the previous speakers are our standard use of taxonomy, right? One of these is not like the others though. And it's something called areas of interest. And it's something we thought we would be able to use taxonomy for, for the benefit of our patients and families. What's an area of interest? I'll tell you the story uh, about um, that, that hopefully will explain what it means because not all providers specialize in the same thing, right? So a very personal story, about a year ago, I was diagnosed with something called golfer's elbow. If you get pain out here, it's tennis elbow. If you get pain in here, it's golfer's elbow. I don't golf. So I have no idea how I got golfer's elbow, but my primary care provider referred me to four different orthopedists. Take your pick, you can go to any of these four. Unfortunately, their profile all kind of looked like this, which says they were orthopedists and well-trained orthopedists. And after three phone calls, I had yet to find one that actually works on elbows, right? So I finally found one that did, but what a pain in the neck and how long did it take me? And so our theory was that if we could make it easier for patients and families to find the doctor that treats what their kid has, then we've done something really good. And so this is an example, hopefully it's not too small in the back of the room, of what a collection of area of interest might look like on a provider profile. You'll see some of these on the site today. A couple of observations. We're a children's hospital. Every doctor we have is a pediatrician. Why is pediatrics an area of interest? You would hope so, right? <laughs> this is a profile of a urologist. I'm really relieved to hear he's interested in urology. So why? Because we applied these as the use of the first three bullets you saw on that slide to drive a list of providers or to drive a list of locations, but we also use it as an area of interest. We'll get back to that in a minute. Here's another example of one even smaller because this particular doctor, an ENT doctor, decided he didn't want to be left out of anything, right? I want everything on there. I don't want to miss a single patient, even though I may never ever do some of these things. I want them all on my profile. So we had that happen a lot. And then quite frankly, which was more of a failure of oversight on my part, is we allowed anybody on the web team to apply taxonomy in any way they like. So do you notice that this doctor has an area of interest as Appleton cardiology? Why? Because we wanted a page that showed cardiologists that see patients in Appleton. There's a much easier and better way to do this. That looks silly on a provider profile. Great an example of the lack of governance that we had on how these things work. 
it gets better or worse, I guess. It depends on your point of view. These are taxonomy items that doctors insisted that we add to their profiles, right? I am so relieved that the doctor that asked to be family friendly is because clearly none of the other doctors were, right? I mean, these were, this is a good list of why I decided to retire. <laughs> because to have this kind of explanation and, and discussion and frankly argument with doctors over does this make any sense as a taxonomy item really was taxing. There's more. Uh, is it fetal surgery or fetal intervention? Anybody vote for, I mean, who, um, does it matter? Cancer or oncology, I could make a case here, but still we had that discussion. These are real, by the way, and I'm giving you some of the more egregious examples we had, but note that there were a lot of serious discussions over the actual clinical term to be used, right? So we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, that one makes some sense. Actually, this one was probably my favorite discussion where the doctor insisted it be consult and not consultation. Uh, you know, you can't make this stuff up, or I suppose you could, but, um, and again, some of these are legitimate good discussions to have. We found three overriding issues in the course of going through all of this. Number one is that taxon to use taxonomies, the areas of interest, didn't always work well, right? It made sense to have a single collection of these because they were largely the same thing we were using. But to have, um, to have the same thing work that way, you saw like pediatrics on a pediatrician, um, just didn't really work well together. We also found out, I found out, that marketing is not well equipped to have these discussions with providers and their staffs. Now, if you know much about me, and several of you in the room do, you recognize the irony of me preaching the importance of governance. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of governance when it comes to the website, because I firmly believe the web team knows best how all this stuff works. But to have some of these discussions with doctors and their staffs proved completely untenable and took a ton of our time before all was said and done. And we also found that while we had taxonomy in a good place, I'm just checking time real quick, um, that new doctors didn't, weren't necessarily getting the correct taxonomy applied uh, and, and we were always having to play catch up on that. So it came to this. This was our original, six years ago I think we launched this, the original find a doctor search. If you picked a specialty, the list of areas of interest that were available under that specialty showed up. Down the road, we were gonna make sure that worked with the broad site search. So if I did a broad site search for a particular taxonomy item, I'd see the doctors that, that did that. We actually took that off because it became so like not useful, we had to roll it back. So what did we do as our solution? We started over. We threw away the entire original set of taxonomy that was not a small project when we did it six years ago. You'll notice a trend here. We also worked with Rochelle. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's C squared, right? It's a consultant credibility. Sometimes just bringing in an outside expert gives you a lot, a, a jump start with your clinical staff. So we worked with the clinical teams, got approval of the new taxonomy, applied it to the website, had them also go back with their doctors. And I will say, I shared a lot of the examples I shared with you with clinical leadership. And you could see the light bulb going off in their head going, oh yeah, I see what you mean. So maybe it was useful going through the exercise we went through as painful as it was, because they took ownership of it and they now own the decisions on taxonomy additions and application. And they understand that not every doctor can have everything on their page. 
They get that now, right? And they know way better than we whether that doctor does these things or doesn't do those things. And then they added taxonomy as a component of new provider onboarding. Our next steps, you'll see us relaunching our website sometime shortly after the first of the year, I hope, fingers crossed. And you'll see that area of interest search come back because I think we have it right now, uh, whereas we really didn't in the beginning. And I think that'll be a very important addition back to the website. And hopefully people don't go through what I went through trying to find somebody to help me with my elbow. Mm -hmm. HCIC Next is made possible by Greystone, the Healthcare Internet Conference, and Touchpoint Media. To learn more about this show and others like it, visit us online at touchpoint.health.